Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 139 of the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Atlassian stands with Ukraine. And I say for myself, Ryan Spilkin, and my co-hosts, Brenda Burrell and Matthew Stubblefield, for whatever it's worth, so do we. And as our, our viewers at home may have guessed, it, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, I don't think Putin really uh, cares a lot about our podcast, but you know what? He's got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the least we could. It's like, what else can we do? We are really just like playing Yahtzee while they're over there playing Risk with human lives, and it's just a totally different ball game. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it's it's like even my my initial response of like, what can I say? Thoughts and prayers. Uh, I mean it as much as I can possibly mean it. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, if if somehow uh, you're out in the world and have been looking for something to do. There are there are lots of ways that you can support the Ukrainian people. There's lots of ways that you can donate. Um, there may be local volunteer events going on. Adaptivist is part of the Pledge 1% program, and we have had employees who have leveraged their their 1% time to go work at you know like donation sorting uh, locations and events and things like that. So, uh, you know, we're all humans on this big blue marble, right? Uh, let's do what we can to take care of each other. And I, for one, I'm really pleased that Atlassian has taken the stand that they have, and we'll be linking to their blog post about it. Um, there's a lot of questions it's raised that we unfortunately can't answer for you around, you know, the impact on Russian organizations and their Atlassian licenses. Um, so this is something that we are kind of preparing for internally. Um, we know, uh, as hopefully all, all of you do, it's not like every... Russian citizen and company supports the invasion of Ukraine. So important to remember. But, you know, their, their leaders have made this unfortunate decision and, and put a lot of innocent people on, on both sides, you know, experiencing impacts as a result. And so we're do, doing what we can, right? Uh, at last, doing what they can. Um, I think it's important to send this type of signal to tyrants. So, um, so yeah, we'll link to Atlassian's blog post about it. And... Uh, and then talk about what else Atlassian is doing as they continue to build out their cloud products. It's hard to just jump into cloud news <laughs> after that. Thank you, Matthew, um, for so eloquently putting into words what I was struggling to articulate myself. Um, but the unfortunate truth is that you know some stuff continues. And so here we are with cloud updates, starting with the Jira platform. Advanced Roadmaps for Jira now allows you to export a static screenshot or PNG of your plan. So when you're presenting your roadmap to stakeholders and colleagues, you can now quote the beloved Nickelback. Is it Atlassian? I have questions. Uh. <laughs> and say, look at this photograph. That's right. You can now export a screenshot of your plan and advanced roadmaps using the export to an image function. To use it, set your timeline to show the issues you want to include in your screenshot, then use share as and then image.png. If you're a Mac user, may I recommend shift command three and or shift command four? Or the screenshot tool of your choice. Yeah. yeah. But it's now built I, in. I live that shift command four for life. That's that's a constant. That's muscle memory at this point. But right. I digress. Let's talk a bit about Jira software. 
where you can now view deployment information on the release page. So provided you have integrated a CICD tool, which in cloud terms, you know, might be Bitbucket, but it might just as well be uh, GitHub uh, or something else. Uh, if you've got that integrated with your Jira site and your team is including issue keys and the branch names, commit messages, and pull requests, you'll now see information about the deployments on the release page. Uh, so we we talked about this a podcast or two ago. There was like one little bit of information. Now it sounds like it's just expanding out to the, the range of information that you can see. And there is now a new column labeled deployments uh, that will show an icon to indicate whether an issue has been deployed successfully and a label to tell you what environment it's been deployed to, which I particularly like. Um, I don't recall seeing the environment uh, in other Atlassian tools before, but I think that's that's really uh, a cool thing to add here. Jira service management changes the way you add stakeholders directly from the issue view. Now you're able to view the number of stakeholders inside an incident's issue view. Selecting the stakeholders option will allow you to view and add more people. The question is, why doesn't why isn't a stakeholders field like a standard field on things? It seems like any kind of work always involves some kind of Oh, maybe I'm oh not, so like so like why is this in Jira service management and not in in Jira work management? Is or Jira, you know, just Jira, or just on the Jira platform in general? A stakeholders mm-hmm. field seems like a smart addition across the board. Atlassian, take note. I mean, I, I kind of disagree. Like, if you have a a story for a feature, or they're like there's a bug or something like. Generally, you know, this is for software development and it's tied with our CI/CD tool so we can see what environment we're deploying to. Like, that's not a, a place where you typically need stakeholders. Um, and if you do, then that's that's probably a different issue type. Like, it's a different place in the project. Your your product owner or product manager ought to really be, like, protecting you from the stakeholders coming in and commenting on your tickets. Um, but for service management, that absolutely makes sense because usually there is more than one person involved in an incident or, you know, uh, needing some type of service. Yeah, I guess in my communication slash marketing world, it makes a lot of sense to have stakeholders on everything. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for customers using Jira service management portals, they are now able to download attachments directly from email notifications. So project admins can choose how customers access attachments from email notifications for security purposes. Whether they need portal authentications to download the attachment from an email is now in your hands. Over in Confluence Cloud, you get a personal space, and you get a personal space, and you get a personal space. A personal space in Confluence is a place of your own to jot down new ideas, introduce yourself to your team, keep track of tasks, store important items or files, polish content before sharing with others, and more. You can choose to leave the space open for others to visit and collaborate, or you can restrict the pages so that no one else can see them. If you don't already have a personal space, one will be created for you after you've logged in and viewed a page. Canny listeners of this podcast may recall that we spoke about this a few months ago and the massive community backlash of admins who said uh, giving to every user under the sun of personal space was a horrible, wretched idea. Um, if you are an admin who is likewise horrified by the concept of you know, thousands or tens of thousands of people suddenly have personal spaces that now show up in your search results. Uh, we've got a bargain for you <laughs> in a new version of Script Under for Jira Cloud, uh, which if you're on cloud, of course you have the new version. It's cloudy that way. 
uh, we've got a method for cleaning up personal spaces and, uh, you know, for a limited time only, uh, maybe we can add a link to the show notes, uh, about it and, uh, and help you out there. I know it's not really limited time. Ryan's giving me this look over zoom of like, what are you, what are you talking is about? Is the link It'll limited time or is the, do we, yeah, no, it won't be there until the end of time. <laughs> to be fair, the, for the rest of all time, <laughs> till the will internet exist. Ryan looking befuddled is sort of Ryan's standard state of being. <laughs> it's my resting it is. face. It is. <laughs> resting yeah. befuddled face. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have script under for Jared Cloud, or if you don't and you want to check it out, um, you know, we we likewise didn't want the the massive personal space sprawl um and built a way to deal with that. So we'll we'll give you a link. For on-prem, um, this is overall a pretty lightweight podcast, um, two-week period. Not not a lot of, of notes and releases. Uh, 7.16.2 for Confluence is out. It is a bug fix release with 11 bugs fixed. Um, some of this has to do with uh, if you've connected Jira Cloud with Confluence on-prem, uh, fixing some stuff there, you know, being able to write from one to the other or kick off something in the other. Um, uh, some things related to attachments and styling, um, a little team calendar one. So take a look at the release notes. Um, if it's part of your regular update cycle, it makes sense to do it. If you're not experiencing any of these problems, there may not be anything here that um, compels you to work extra this weekend and get this update out. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll link to this in the show notes as well. Over in the world of Bitbucket, um, Atlassian announces Bitbucket Data Center 7.21 long-term support release as of March 2nd, 2022. Um, it's been about five months since the last long-term support release, which was 7.17. You can now view deployment information in Bitbucket, create HTTP access tokens for teams working on specific projects and repos that aren't fixed to user accounts, exclude projects from the data pipeline, make your integrations more secure with OAuth 2.0. I think we've talked about all of these over the course of previous mm -hmm. podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, so there's roughly 50 issues resolved since 7.17. Uh, there is a link to a long-term support release change log. So if you are going from long-term support release to long-term support release, there's quite a few issues that have been uh, resolved. Um, so 7.21 includes support for OpenSearch as a search server for Bitbucket. It provides better preparation for upgrading to Bitbucket 8.0. Um, as previously announced, 7.21 is the last release that supports Bitbucket hosting on Windows. So if you are hosting on Windows, you will need to migrate. There is a guide available for that migration if you need it. If you are upgrading to 8.0 and using the H2 database, you'll have to migrate the on-disk database file from the page store format to MV store format. There will be instructions on how to do this available with the Bitbucket 8.0 release. Bitbucket 8.0 will no longer support Elasticsearch 5.x, 6.x, or versions lower than 7.10.2. If you are running an external search server, you will need to use a supported version of Elasticsearch, which is 7.10.2 or higher, or OpenSearch 1.2.4 or higher with Bitbucket 8.0. 
If you need to upgrade your search server, this can be done before your upgrade. Um, in addition, Atlassian are deprecating legacy hook scripts stored in the hooks slash pre-received.d or hooks slash post-received.d directories inside the Git repos. Existing Java API and SPI for hooks and hook scripts used by add-ons are not changing. Atlassian will provide a guide to help you migrate your legacy hook scripts to a replacement mechanism that is currently under development. 8.0 will require Git 2.31 or higher. Uh, you don't need to wait for 8.0 to upgrade Git as 7.21 supports up to 2. Git 2.35. Uh, so there is an upgrade guide. There is a change log of some issues resolved specifically for 7.21. Um, as always with the long-term support release, that's that's generally a go ahead and update. So uh, if you are running Bitbucket data center or server, take a look at 7.21 long-term support release and get ready to upgrade. So Ryan, uh, last year we were seeing a ton of updates from the Bitbucket cloud team, just like rapid fire one after the other. Um, we've had some stuff for on-prem this year, but it really seems like Bitbucket Cloud has gone like after their massive re-architecture project that they wrapped up at the end of last year. Uh, you know, you're, you're the one who pulls together all of our updates for us to look at. What's your, your read on that? What's going on with Bitbucket Cloud these days? Well, that's an interesting question. Thank you for thinking I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I have noticed is several updates to the cloud roadmap. And so I think it's the calm before the storm. Mm. Um, there are, there are plans to, to change some of the, some add some big functionality to Bitbucket in the roadmap. This is actually really nice. The work that they've done on the roadmap page is, is like superb. It is really good. The one that was really tickled my fancy was that there's now going to be, they're working on dropping macOS build support into Bitbucket pipelines, multi-step deployments, which I've heard the DevOps teams talking about, uh, pipeline runners, which is also coming to Bitbucket, Windows builds as well. I mean, they're going to drop some stuff this year that's going to make people very happy. That's my take. Yeah, and there's a good number of these that are saying coming soon, Q122. Um, gonna have to be real soon. Uh, but uh, yeah, just just see I've been quiet for a while, but you're 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 good to draw our attention back to the roadmap and see what's coming up next. And if you want to provide feedback to the Bitbucket team, the method for providing suggestions for new Bitbucket features will be changing as of May 1st, 2022. Instead of creating a suggestion on the Bitbucket Cloud project, uh, bcloud on jira.atlassian.com, you will be using a give feedback feature. And from that, Atlassian will determine uh, if it needs to be created and then they will create that suggestion on your behalf. Uh, so ideas collected via this feedback channel will be reviewed and may appear as new suggestions in the bcloud project where you can watch, vote, and comment. It does, we will link to this update post. It links to the roadmap, which shows what's already planned out over the next few quarters. So just be aware if you are wanting to provide feedback on Bitbucket, the methodology for doing that changes as of May 1st, 2022. <music>
And what would a March podcast be without referencing Team 22, which is which is coming up fast in our front windscreen. Uh, Atlassian Team 22 kicks off starting April 5th, digitally April 6th. Uh, so you can join in person or online. We will link to the Atlassian event page so you can sign up for that. Uh, but I also want to highlight, as we did last episode, on April 5th, Adaptivist, in partnership with AppFire, SmartBear, and Tempo, is hosting App Day 22. So uh, our, our partners and uh, different uh, companies in the ecosystem will be coming together to uh, uh, share how we're preparing to address uh, changing user demands, meaning the future business transformation needs, and uh, you know, likely some opportunities for you to connect directly uh, with people from, uh, from our companies to ask whatever burning questions you might have. Uh, of course, you'll be able to find people in the booths later in the week, but uh, April 5th, sign up for App Day if you're going to be in Vegas. And we hope to see you there at the Venetian Expo. And that's it for this episode of the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Thank you all listeners for joining us today. As Matthew mentioned earlier, it's a tough time out there. Look after your people, look after yourselves, and look in on us on social media at Adaptivist anytime you feel like. For Brenda Burrell and Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilton. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast, part of the Adaptivist Live network of shows. Watching your thought processes was painful, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. Just being honest, it hurt. It's-